Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Remain standing, take your Bibles, and turn to Psalm 11. As I continue in a series, thank you, Minister Micah, worship team. Thank you, Hannah. It's my beautiful daughter I'm so proud of. Psalm 11, verse 3. Are you ready? Good. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Father before you, before your throne, before you and your angels, in the great council of heaven, we stand as your people redeemed. And before Satan and his demons, we declare the truth of your word today, that we have power, we have authority, and that you've established us and placed us firmly on the bedrock of your word. I pray this morning, be it ever so brief in this nine o'clock service, that you would speak with crystal clear clarity, piercing the hearts, renewing the mind, releasing hope and strength to a generation, releasing hope and strength to our nation, releasing your power upon the weak, the feeble knees and the, hangs, the hands that hang low would be strengthened and even anointed today for the purposes of heaven. Release all that's in your heart. Release all that's in your heart, God, this morning. Those online. In Montana. The church in Montana. Lift your hands in that home right there. In the name of Jesus. I pray, release your power, release your touch, release your healing. Number of people with joint pain in Montana. And if you're here and you have joint pain, just right now, be healed. Be healed. Be healed. God, thank you for what you're doing. California, all those that are online right now, God, we give you praise. Just for a moment, would you pray in your heavenly language if you have that, that freedom? Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want to pray for my friend, Perry Stone, who texted me this morning. We went back and forth. And I want to pray for his healing. Father, we pray for Perry Stone to be healed. Completely brought out of the clinic that he's in. Thank you for the great man of God that he is. Thank you for his partnership in establishing the church here in Alaska. Heal him and raise him up for the glory of God. A move in power, God, as I preach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I've been preaching a series on healing, the healing of the United States of America. I did the same thing last year, and... Um, Perhaps I'll preach 
some of those messages from last year as well. We've been having revival services in the midst of, I mean, not did the world just go through a pandemic that seemed to be a little exaggerated, either that or the church, God's people who were called by his name, humble themselves, prayed, fasted, turned from their wicked ways. He heard from heaven and healed our land. I, I believe it's possibly a combination of God's people really pressing in and praying, and uh, maybe they made some miscalculations. I, I'm not sure, but we grieve over the deaths. We grieve over so many that have died and very thankful for us here in Alaska where it has been a limited amount of COVID-19 cases, although they're, they're ramping up as people come in from the lower 48 and fishing season. The salmon are here. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Pandemics are nothing new to the church, nothing new to the world, except this one was probably created, in my personal opinion, by the Chinese as a biological weapon to destroy our country. And if that wasn't, uh, if that wasn't all of it, as we're coming out of a 10, 11-week quarantining, which is supposed to be for sick people, not for everybody. As we come out, then the horrible atrocity, the murder of Mr. Floyd by a police officer putting his knee into the back of his neck and the words, I can't breathe, echoed across our nation, sparking a fire that was fueled by demonic power and by an, an, a... Um, a hyper-extremist left movement, I believe, to destroy our country. I'm not saying racism isn't real. Oh, God, it's real, and we need healing. But uh, riding on the back of that was organizations like Antifa and others that... Somebody said, are you, are you getting political? Oh, I'll get political all the time. I... <laughs> What about separation of church and state? It's a bunch of bunk that actually was created by politicians because there was such influence in the pulp. The whole Revolutionary War was spurred and sparked by, by the church and, and the whole black robe regiment. So yeah, I'm gonna say what I, I'm gonna say biblically what's right, and I'm gonna say biblically what's wrong. And if that offends you, well, you'd have to talk to God about that. Some of these things are my opinion. I understand that. But be sure to know what your opinion is. And um, we just, one thing's for sure, I think that we can all agree on. You know, maybe we can't agree on Antifa and the extremist left agenda. One thing I think we can agree on, the devil is a liar. And he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so whether you be a Democrat or a Republican or an independent, one thing's for sure, the devil hates everybody and he wants to wipe out our nation. Can you say that Amen. This text, if the foundations are destroyed, the foundations of the United States of America are crumbling and have been crumbling for a long time. But to truly understand what the foundation of the United States of America, you have to understand the founding of our country by men moved by the providence of God. Men who are not perfect, they're men. There's no perfect man, just like there's no perfect church. And if you find the perfect church, you want to be sure not to go there because you will for certainly ruin it. 
And so I, we've had a series of meetings Friday night. I, Friday night was, I don't know, I think it was, uh, I know it's hard to say. We've had so many incredible services and each one is unique and different. We don't come to fulfill a religious obligation here. We're not here because we have to go to church on Sunday. We're, we're here because we love God and we love people. And, and, the, and the early church celebrated uh, his resurrection and came together on Sundays because that was the day that the tomb was found empty. And that's argued by some, but it, I've proven it at other times. That's why we meet on Sunday, but we meet Sunday night too. And we meet Wednesday also. And the truth is, I look forward to the day when we just have church seven days. The truth is... We actually do have church seven days a week through all of our different outreaches and different things. We're doing transformations on Tuesday and life groups and on Thursdays and Friday. We had service last Friday and I, I was like a top tenner, a top ten all time. Just because of the way the Lord orchestrated it, of, of you know, racial healing and, and prayer and the power of God and, and the word of the Lord out of Ezekiel 37 and dry bones and just powerful. If you get a chance to go back and look at it, go look at it, listen to it, participate, and join your faith with ours as that YouTube and that Facebook broadcast goes all over the world. And then Saturday night, we had a powerful time Saturday night. And this morning... I preached to you a message about restoring the foundations of the United States of America. So, there's a man by the name of Oz Guinness. Has anybody ever heard of Oz Guinness? And uh, you can type Oz Guinness and it'll, it'll bring up articles and books. He's a very astute thinker. And uh, he wrote, he wrote uh, about what he called the golden triangle, which is virtue, faith, and freedom talked about how the Constitution, the Constitution, there's actually a, he called it this, like, like this, there's a cult of the Constitution, Constitution and cultists. I'm like, I've never heard that before. I was reading it, and um, what does that mean? That, that's people that just believe in the Constitution, that the Constitution, should, you, I mean, you guys are looking at me like I'm a heretic, but I'm about to slap this thing in the face, so hold on. That the Constitution just should be obeyed. That's the rule of the land, the law of the land, and we need to obey the Constitution. It's solely the Constitution. Solely the Constitution. That is absolutely 100% incorrect based upon the founding fathers, which clearly said this. You can't have a Constitution without faith because it doesn't work. The Constitution doesn't work without biblical virtue. The Constitution doesn't work Without faith, and this is the triangle, virtue, faith. It was a revelation, virtue was and is revelation that's given by God's word, that there is right and wrong. That's what virtue is, right and wrong. It's not an ambiguous blend of maybe, and you can't vote on what is right or wrong. It's like we have, we have sociological law right now. That is not what the founding fathers intended. Sociological law is based upon what do you think is right? Isn't that what law should be? No, they should not be based on what you think is right. Because if I think it's right to go with an AR-15 and go mow down a mall, if I think that's right, do you think that's right? No, you don't. Well, why not? But there's a whole group of people that are actually contending and fighting and 
praying whatever demonic prayer they would be praying, that sociological law would come into land, or Sharia law. Oh, go read that. All the women would be removed from society, be wearing one of those takines over your face, and it wouldn't be to hide the glory either. You no more voting for you. The reason, the reason we have such freedom in our nation is because of the Bible. The Constitution is based on virtue, biblical virtue. Moral law, say that. I'm trying to teach you something. Moral law. It's not sociological law. Our nation is based on moral law. Now, if you go and look up and ask Syria what moral law is, it doesn't really give you the right definition. It's been, how many of you know that words and thoughts have power? And if you can teach people what's right and wrong, then they'll behave in a way that's, well, they get to choose. At least say no. Now in school, because there's no Ten Commandments, now in school they teach kids, you just do what you think is the right thing. Oh, like, like play a scene out of, you know, World of Warcraft with, with my father's gun. Yeah. Right. Virtue, faith, the faith in God's word and the church, not faith in the state, faith in God's word and the church. Without that, you're going to have constitutional cultists that just believe the Constitution should be obeyed separate from, from God's Word. Now, let me just say this. That document is so really, I believe, supernatural that it's, that it's actually doing pretty well considering if we followed it. But without God, the whole thing unravels. And the third thing is freedom. Freedom to elect our leaders. Freedom of speech. If any one of those things falls off of this triangle... How do I do that? There we go. Virtue, virtue, faith, freedom. Knock off any one of those triangles, our nation's over. And that's exactly what's happening all around the world. God has set up three institutions. And those institutions are, number one, the family. There has been a systematic attack to destroy the family. So why are you teaching this? Because if you don't understand this and you don't teach your kids this and they don't understand it, then what you'll do is we'll raise a generation that won't know how to vote rightly, won't know how to live rightly. Their family will be destroyed and America will cease to be. And, and that's not God's plan. The family. That's, that's one of the institutions that are crucial to our nation and every nation. Family, man and woman in marriage. It's not, it's Adam and Eve. It's not Adam and Steve. You say, well, that, I think I should have my rights. Well, th th that's where you get away from moral law and you make sociological law. Somebody said, well, what about, what about a, a panel of people, a whole group of people coming together and making the decision on what's right? Then it's based upon 
It's based upon what they learned in their family or their education. And if it's off and wrong, listen, we have the bedrock of God's word, the Ten Commandments. They dr- in 1980, there was a case in Kentucky that, that they fought to try to get the Ten Commandments out of the school in Kentucky. They had the kids don't know what's right or wrong because there's no Ten Commandments taught in the home. There's no Ten Commandments. Moral laws based on the... Uh, the Decalogue, Deca, 10, log. It's based on the 10. Go to the Supreme Court right now. And you'll see it everywhere. It's over the, it's in the, in the panels behind the judge. It's in the ceilings. If you go to the bar where the, where the lawyers spend time, it's on emblems all over. Go to any court. It's everywhere. It's, it's on the massive bronze doors. It is the basis of our country. Judeo-Christian values are based on the Ten Commandments. It shows you what's right and it shows you what's wrong. So they've driven that out. Now you can't have the Ten Commandments in school. And it's don't, you know, they were afraid that kids would read them and then become religious. A would to God that they would read them and could become religious. The church. Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. The institution of the church is literally a covenant community of faith where God dwells. A covenant community of faith where God dwells. A group of people coming together. Somebody said to me, the day of the megachurch is over. I thought, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. The day the church is not over, small or large. The third thing, you know what the third thing is, third institution? It's government. Government, Romans 13. We have a need for government. How come? Because we're a fallen people and we need to be governed. We need, I don't know, we need to, we need to participate in government. We, there, there's a whole generation that missed out on the call of God to go into government. God will anoint and call people into government. Ministry is not just preaching from a pulpit. Ministry is business leaders and being, being kings and priests in the nation, in the nations of the earth. How many of you know we need godly government? I thank God for Mayor Edna, who has led beautifully. She's led beautifully in Palmer through the challenge that they just, come on, put your hands together for her. She's a great woman of God, part of this church, and we, we commend her and her husband, Noel. So let's look at this text uh, here. And uh, by the way, the Discover track, as you heard, if you were listening to those announcements, starts again today. And if you haven't been through that, it's at 1015 upstairs and you'll go through that. It's about half an hour. Pastor Karen and I will show up at the end of that and, uh, and say hi to everybody that's in that, in that course. If you haven't gone through that, it's a great way to find out about our church and to be a part of it. All right. Psalm 11. If the foundations can be destroyed, See, no, no, no longer how, I mean, it reminds me of, of one of my staff years ago. They had a, they had a house. And they went to sell their house, and during the house inspection process, they discovered that the foundation had a crack in it. And so they brought in foundation specialists, I guess, and, uh, and, and looked at the foundation, and it was deemed unsafe. And they had this big investment in a house. And uh, am I right, John, Wally, builders, real estate people? If you have a problem with your foundation, um, you've just, you're in trouble. 
I mean, you got to like bring in Mr. Foundation Fixer. I mean, I, I don't know what you got to do. You got to like, re, can you replace it? Can you dig it out and put a new, lot of money, right? I mean, if you have, I mean, if you have a $200,000 house uh, that's, um, I don't know, 2,000 square feet or 1,800 square feet, and now you have to replace the foundation, you're up a creek. I mean, you, you're basically way out of pocket. I don't know what's going to cost, 50 grand. Is that a good guess? 80 grand? It's going to cost a lot of money depending upon how, how bad the foundation is. If the foundation of the United States of America is eroded, we're in some serious trouble. And it has been eroding. It has been being eroded. The foundations are destroyed. And you're not going to be living in freedom anymore. I would highly advise you go and register to vote. The psalmist asked, what can the righteous do? I want you to turn to Isaiah 58. Genesis, Exodus, Isaiah. That's not in order. Isaiah 58. Go to verse 12. Now, how this came to me is we were praying, and this phrase from Isaiah 58, 12 echoed through our prayers. And I heard it clear, and it was like, it was like a bell that just got rung in my spirit. Isaiah 58, 12, listen. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. He's talking in the context of judgment that's coming upon Israel. That's the context of that. But it was a message of hope to those in Israel that though Babylon was about to wipe you off the planet, you would not actually be wiped off the planet. You will be restored. It's a message of hope. I have a message of hope for the United States of America. I have a message of hope for the state of Alaska. I have a message of hope for you and your family. No matter what you have gone through, no matter what challenges befall you now, no matter what pit you might have fallen in through your own foolishness or lack of virtue, no matter where you've found yourself or what kind of a tap dancing routine the devil has done on your head, on your family, maybe you've been through divorce. Maybe you've been through uh, bankruptcy and, and people have wronged you. Maybe, maybe you've been through racism. Maybe you've been persecuted. I've heard stories. I've have, I have my own. Maybe you've been through horrible abuse in your family. I don't know what you've been through, but God's intention, God's plan for you is to be a people that are blessed, to be a people that, are, that receive the presence of God, the power of God, the blessings of the kingdom, and that your marriage would be blessed, your kids would be blessed, that you'd be blessed going in and blessed going out, that you'd be the head and not the tail. None of the diseases of Egypt would be upon you, that you'd be blessed. 
a message of hope for our nation, a message of hope for you. I don't know what you're going through today, but I know this. There is a God who made a way out of no way. He brings streams in the desert. And if you're brokenhearted, good news today, gospel means good news. And the good news is he's come to heal the brokenhearted. He's come to restore those that are afflicted, set the captives free. Come on, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, Luke in chapter four, for he has anointed me to preach the good news. Good news to the poor means you don't have to be po, no more. Good news to the bound is that you don't have to be bound any more. Good news to the afflicted is you don't have to be afflicted no more. No more. Come on, somebody say no more. No more bondage. No more bondage. Now I'm free from the enemy. That's a Stevie Wonder version. Because who the sun sets free is, is free indeed. No more bondage. Just glorious liberty. Don't have to be sick. No more. Don't have to be poor. No more. Don't have to be bound. No more by the enemy. Because who the sun sets free is free indeed. No more bondage, just glorious liberty. Come on, put your hands up and go like, there you go, that's awesome. We've got a whole nation full of narcissists. Me, 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 gimme, 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 my name is Jimmy. Me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity. Or narcissism is an inordinate fascination with you. Narcissism is an inordinate fascination with self. As long as there's self, there's an attitude that as long as it helps me, it doesn't really matter. That's not a biblical value. In fact, the Bible says, Jesus says, if you deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow me, then, then, then you get all of the blessings of that. Pride comes before a fall. If you don't deny yourself, well, there's trouble there. Virtue in our nation has been watered down to the point where it doesn't really even exist outside of church circles, and then even then you've got this hyper-grace neo-Calvinism that says, you can do whatever you want. The Lord forgives you. He died for the sins of all the world, so all of your sins are paid for. Feel free to go and covet your neighbor's wife and do whatever you like because the Lord loves you and forgives you. John Adams said this. Anybody ever heard of John Adams? Not the beer. the founding father, John Adams. Listen to this. We have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions, unbridled by morality and religion. Avarice, that's a word you don't hear every day, but it means greed. Avarice or greed, ambition, revenge, would break apart the strongest cords of our constitution as a whale goes through a net. Our Constitution, says John Adams, was made only for a moral 
and religious people, it is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. You begin to study education in our, our nation. You begin to study these core things that caused our nation to, to grow and flourish with the blessings of God. They're removing all of them. But not on my watch, they're not gone. I'm going to preach and pray and prophesy. I'm going to vote. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to get in the face of racism. I'm going to declare what's right. I'm going to declare the 10 commandments. Listen, I've I've asked uh, my administrative people to find the 10 commandments. I'm going to buy a whole bunch of them because you I would be aghast and so would you if we find out how many people actually have the 10 commandments hanging in your house. And the truth is, for me, we had them in our house for a long time, but then we moved and, you know, it didn't get back up on the wall somehow. But in the formative years of raising our children, you had better have your children reading the Ten Commandments. And some of you, you all need to read the Ten Commandments too because it's the basis of what's right and wrong. It's what actually shows us the law. It actually shows us that, shoot, I, I can't do that. I need God's help. That's right. You need a Savior. You don't need a rule book, but you do need to know what's right and wrong. The law shows us that we're sinners, that we can't do it. So we're, we're buying a whole bunch of Ten Commandments, like on parchment paper or something, and we're going to give them out, and you can frame them and put them in your house and give them to your grandchildren and hang them on your walls and put them on your heart and meditate on them, and as you do, you will prosper. Meditate on as As he said to Joshua, you will prosper everywhere you go. Do not let these laws depart from your heart. And we're under grace. Not, yeah, but if you don't know the law, then you don't know what a wicked sinner you are, then you won't really understand grace, and then you've got to come on, somebody say Hallelujah. It's 1014. Discover track starts in 60 seconds. It's not collective virtue. It's the Ten Commandments. Five about your relationship with God, and five about your relationship with man. Love your neighbor as yourself, sums up the Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's the greatest commandment, said Jesus. The second is like it. He really sums up all the Ten Commandments in those two things. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Two, love your neighbors yourself. That is the Ten Commandments. That's the, that's the Ten Commandments. The first five with God, second five with man. So, these, our nation, our foundation has been under attack by narcissism. Virtue doesn't exist. The family has been systematically under, why are you telling me all this? I, I came to get a prophetic word. I'm giving you one. That if you don't raise your children right, you're going to have a prison ministry. There's your prophetic word. Why don't you just lift your hands and say hallelujah? Hey, praise God. I, I'm, I love prison ministry. I just don't want my children to be a part of the inside ministry of the prison. That's why I made them eat spinach and other leafy green vegetables. Abortion was pushed in the 60s and 70s. Roe versus Wade, 1973, may be overthrown in Jesus' name. Somebody said, I've got a right, I've got a right. Uh, you probably do, but I'm not going to pay for it. Now, if you want to go to hell and you want judgment like that, it, I, it's murder. And we certainly be, shouldn't be paying for it with our tax dollars. And it should be declared wrong. Well, then they'll have all kinds of illegal 
Yeah, yeah, and there's still Baal worshipers. All right, I just can't. That's a can of worm. Can of worms right there. We destroyed a whole generation. The cure to cancer and Alzheimer is, is here. But I think we would have had it earlier if we didn't kill millions of babies. We killed a whole generation. He said, we need to outsource. There's not enough people. Uh, America is one of the number one nations in, of abortion. It's horrible. Families have been destroyed. There's a fatherless generation. Mothers who were so wounded and negligent just trying to survive in the wounds of their fatherlessness. And it's generation after generation after generation now. You know, some of you work very hard at your job, and I'm, I'm so glad. But you know what else you need to work hard at? You need to work hard at your marriage. And, and not only that, you know what else you need to work at, sir, ma'am? Is you need to work hard at being a good parent. Because if, if you neglect your children, I mean, we have many families that help in foster care here. Thank God. I'm grateful for that. But take a look at your family. How are you actually doing? How, how's your marriage? And by the way, you never ask a man that. You always ask the wife. I think we're doing awesome. She'd be like, ah, we need some work. You don't want to lose your children. Well, how do you not lose them? You teach them the Ten Commandments. You live it before them. Ephesians 6 talks about that. And, and you can go there. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents and the Lord. I mean, literally, now listen to this. Listen to this. The Apostle Paul is writing this to the church of Ephesus. So what does he say? Children. What's he say? Children. Who do you think's in the church service? These were circular letters, most of them. And so this would be read to the church. So who's he talking to? He's not talking to grandpa. He talks to him later. At this time, he's talking to children. He says, are there any children in here? Are there any children? Where are the children? Okay, great. God bless you. Did we say, I'm a child of God? No, I mean like, okay. Okay, there's a little baby. You know, we think that babies can't, can't understand, and she, she might not be the age of understanding, but I'll tell you what I've found. I've found with people that come faithfully, ongoingly, from the womb, they're coming, they're coming. When that baby hears my voice, when that baby hears worship, they're all... <laughs> He's talking to children, showing children obey your parents and the Lord. The children are in the service. Listen, upstairs is not a daycare center. I mean, no offense. There you are. No offense. Actually, your daycare center, you're probably teaching virtues and, and wonderful things like that. Christian daycare, praise the Lord. There's wonderful daycares. That's not what we're doing up there. There's 250 kids that'll pass through this house and they will be taught the word of God. And we need help back there. I need more volunteers, I'm telling don't they have enough? Well, we have enough to run it, yes, but, you know, it'd be great to have, like, four or five teams, you know, like, one for every week. You know, when you rotate, how about that? 
in the card and from in your seat pocket in front of you is a get involved. This is a children's commercial. The same is true with youth. Yeah, we'll play games and, and, and they'll throw slime or whatever they do, whatever youth do. Jesus, help me. You know, that banana split Sunday or whatever it is. And... But we firmly believe that the church doesn't grow by giving donkey rides. Jesus didn't come to give everybody a ride on the donkey. If that's offensive, Wally shared that with me earlier. <laughs> the foundations of America are being systematically destroyed and it starts in your home. So you can look at the TV and watch the news and, and go and, 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 you know, declare what you feel is right. How about living it in your life? How about day by day, systematically loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and loving your neighbor as yourself? You know, Jesus is the answer. He really is. Speaking to children. He's speaking to children. He says, children, obey your parents. And all the parents said, amen. And all the children said, which is amazing because children in this day and age were sold into slavery if they wanted them to. When this is written, Roman culture, you could do whatever you wanted with your baby. You wanted to kill your baby? It's not a problem. You want to sell your baby to the, to the, the highest bidder? No worries. Children were, and women also. That's why when Paul writes about women, he writes about children, you're like, man, we read it now like, whoa. Huh. You know, amen. But back then, totally radical. I mean, you had to know that like Romans would be reading this and just want to like, let's kill Paul because this is, this is crazy right here. So word of God, children were to be in the worship services and hearing the word so they can understand truth, so they can understand God's presence. I could go on and on and on. Fathers, don't exasperate your children. This is Ephesians 6 and following. Teach your children to honor your father and mother. You don't let your children, you don't let your children back talk your wife. You don't let, you don't let the, you don't let the children talk nasty about the husband, no matter what you, you, all right, you're irritated. He hasn't picked up his BVDs in a month. He needs a shower and he's not listening. You don't talk to your kids so then they have its evil picture about their father. You just destroy the whole family by doing that. I know the man needs deliverance. You just send him to our counseling team. We'll help him out. Get him discipled. Pray. Put oil in his shoes. Take an anointing cloth and slide it in his pillow. When he lies down and he says, you just stand over him. Oh, help this ape of a man. Help him. Oh, help him. I know that's why you guys made it 40 years. It was Diane praying over you all these years, Doc. <laughs> oh, help him. Some of you all would be like, I knew there was something slippery in my shoe. And then you put oil in there. Did you do that again?
I did not take my shoes off because they have oil in them. I hope they do. I took my shoes off because this is holy ground. <laughs> it is, but I'm, I'm teasing. I took them off because I didn't want I didn't want to do that. My time's up. Lift your hands. We're going we're gonna to see a restoration. We're going to see a restoration. The foundations of our nation. When you restore your own foundations. Put the Ten Commandments back in your house. If you forget, we're ordering them, Pastor Karen. You can have a copy. I'm heartbroken over the events of recent weeks. The truth is that God's heart's been broken a long time. America needs to be healed. And it's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that'll bring healing. Psychology can't do it. No money will fix it. No one can heal the human heart but God. And if we don't stand up and vote and live it and love one another, we will lose our country and we will come under a severe judgment. I said this last night. I said, in the gospel, there is blessing and there is judgment. So whenever the gospel is preached, Luke 10, he says, go and go into a home. He sent them before the cities that he was about to go before his face. And two by two, they went 72 of them. Some say 70, 72. Two teams of 36 is 72. Which correlates all the way back to the 70 elders of Israel and the two that were in the camp that also prophesied. It's a picture of a new, a new grouping of God's people. Twelve apostles, twelve tribes. It's amazing the correlation between the Old and the New Testament. He sends them before the. If a man would go into a house, say peace. If your peace rests there and doesn't return to you, stay. Preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Set the captives free. If your peace, if your peace comes back to you, doesn't rest on the house. Leave. And it'll be worse for Sodom in that day. It'll be worse for them than it was in Sodom's day. Tyre and Sidon, I'm paraphrasing. Knock the dust off your feet and move on. You see, when the gospel is preached, as an evangelist, you know this. I mean, it's not just presenting somebody the truth. It's presenting somebody life and death. And then they get to say, I don't want that. Well, you just chose death. America is going to breathe again. I live for it. My life is here, not as some, I'm not here for a job. I'm here to stir you up, antagonize you with the power, the presence of the glory of God, the word of the Lord. I'm here to fire you up for the kingdom. We're not here to build a stupid building. Thank God for our building. Thank God. We're 
here to populate heaven and plunder hell. We're here to set the captives free, heal the brokenhearted, and to restore recovery of sight. We're here to restore the broken foundations that make no doubt about it. We're here to restore the foundations that have been destroyed. We're here to preach the gospel, the Ten, come on, the Ten Commandments that Jesus was crucified and resurrected for yours, for your sin and mine. He took it upon himself. He was pierced for our transgressions. And so help me God. If it means death, so be it. I'm going to live for God with everything I have. I'm not going to be pushed into some silent corner. I'm not, I'm not going to be a silent majority. I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to holler. I'm going to shout. I'm going to live. And I'm going to act. I'm going to vote. I'm going to see a restorer. I am. We are called to be a restorer of the breach. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The truth is the righteous need to get to work. Can you say amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Woo! If you're not right with God, don't leave this place in that condition. We're here to share the glorious news of Jesus Christ with you. It's not enough to know it. The book of James says that demons believe in Jesus and tremble. It's not enough to know it here. You must receive the free gift of salvation, not by works that any man could boast. presence of the Lord is here. Lift your hands. Interrupt my own altar call. Lift your hands to the Lord. Let your glory fall in this place. Let your glory fall in this place. 
There is a cloud of God's presence. There is a column of fire once again. The Lord is falling upon sacrifice and the people who will set themselves apart. And I hear the Lord say, I have found a people. I have found a people in Alaska. I found a people in California. I've found a people in New York and Long Island and Brooklyn and Montana. I've found I'm, I'm touching people all over the nation, causing their hearts to swell with longing for righteousness and justice, which are the foundations of my throne, says the Lord. I am the author of justice, and I will bring justice. I come to bring justice, and justice will be found on that day when he throws his Galilean leg over a white stallion rides on out of heaven and splits the eastern sky. Justice will be found on that day. And until then, we contend, endeavoring through virtue, through raising our family right, through, through freedom to vote and live a life of, of the moral law based on the Ten Commandments. We must see the restoration of the foundation of the United States of America, or we will no longer cease to be a nation and we'll be overthrown and there'll be civil war. This whole thing is meant to bring about a civil war by the demonic assignment of the enemy to destroy our nation, destroy the president, and tear down this country. And I say no. We say no from the great Northland. Now release your power all across America. Come on, just pray in the Holy Ghost. If you're not right with God, give your heart to him right now. Get right with him. Recommit your life to him. You might not have another day. Listen, you might not have another day. You might think I'm being dramatic and theatrical. I am not. I am declaring to you the truth. You must make a choice. Who will you live for? Who will you serve? The Rolling Stones had one thing right. I think you're going to serve somebody. It might be the only thing they had right. It's true. Who are you serving right now? Serve the living God. You'll never regret it. Neither will your marriage or your children. Live for God. Live for God. Restore the foundation that starts in your home. It starts in your life. It starts in the church. It starts in the family. Did you get something? Lift your hands to heaven. Let me bless you. Father, thank you for what you've done. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us and give us peace in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. The 11 o'clock will start at 11 o'clock. We love you. It's going to be off the chain. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.